0: This is Movietone. News from Germany includes this daring display by a 35-year-old wire-walking artist he's said to have created a record by remaining for 24 hours on a tightrope over the Olympic Stadium at Garmisch. Here he gives a remarkable performance over a valley near the Tugswitzer mountain. He even went so far as to have his dinner in mid-air after carrying it and the necessary furniture out to the giddy centre of the wire. I must say, I think that's eating the hard way. They say he intends to put on the same sort of show in America over the Niagara Falls. Well, that should make a good picture too. Charles Blondin is perhaps history's most celebrated high-wire walker. He was known for crossing the Niagara Gorge in 1859, 1,200 feet across and 170 feet off the ground. He later repeated the stunt, upping the ante by walking blindfolded, pushing a wheelbarrow, cooking a meal midway through the rope, and for carrying a man on his back across the wire. This last stunt, however, nearly cost both men their lives during a show in 1892. I'm Mark Hartzman, and you're listening to The Time a Man Tried to Take His Life While Writing Piggyback on the High Wire on Weird Historian. Welcome to the Weird Historian Podcast with your host, Mark Hartzman. The performance was in Chicago, and Blondin found the volunteer brave enough to be carried along the walk, but this daring piggybacker had a reason for his courageousness, which he revealed to Blondin midway across the wire, after beginning to laugh. "'What is it that amuses you?' the man asked curiously. "'Oh, a comic idea has just struck me,' the man said, according to newspaper accounts. "'I was thinking what sort of a face you would pull if, during the next half-minute, Both of us were to fall down upon the audience. Blondin assured him no such thing would happen. After all, this was just a typical day's work to him. But I have determined upon this occasion to take my life, the man explained. He then made the attempt, trying to shake Blondin from the rope, but Blondin didn't share the writer's plans and instead dropped his balance pole and held the man with enough force to keep him still. The daredevil continued walking until safely reaching the other side, where he slid the suicidal fellow off his shoulders and immediately knocked him unconscious to avoid any further death-wish scuffles. It was the last time Blondin carried a complete stranger on his back. Charles Blondin was one of the most daring to ever walk the wire, but he was hardly the only one. Another of these amazing risk-takers was a wire walker named Clifford Calverly. On October 12, 1892, 22-year-old Calverly attached a three-quarter-inch steel cable across the Niagara River Gorge, 200 feet above the rushing rapids. After just a few months of training while living in Toronto, Calverly performed several successful stunts before an amazed crowd, including a walk across the wire in just over six minutes. But walking across Niagara River was nothing new. Calverly was the eighth person to do it. However, his time was the fastest. And after an initial crossing, he went back out to flirt with danger and dazzle the crowd a little more. He lay on the wire, sat on a chair, unfolded the newspaper to read, and even swung himself over the rope, dangling from his toes as his head pointed straight downward. The Dundee Courier and the Dundee Weekly News described the reaction to the latter stunt. At this stage, many of the spectators, thinking probably of the dreadful consequences of the slightest slip, turned away shuddering from the sight, but the bold gymnast pulled himself up again and safely reached terra firma. The New York Times proclaimed him, quote, the champion high-wire walker of the world. Nine months later, in July of 1893, Calverly set up his wire again and added new stunts to his repertoire. This time, according to 1901's The Niagara Book, he walked across wearing baskets on his feet, cooked meals on the rope, and gave night exhibitions. One might think Calverly had to be crazy to attempt such death-defying stunts. Well, he did indeed have his head examined. A Toronto phrenologist, Professor F.J.L. Cavanaugh, said the wire walker had a, quote, smooth head around the ears and uncommonly well-formed around the eyes. He is an intelligent, agile, and courageous young man. Of course, it didn't take a head-groping quack to realize Calverly possessed great agility and courage. Although the daredevil escaped with his life, he left the wire with very little money. Any payments he received, barely covered, if at all, his cost in arranging the wire. Instead, his true reward was fame. Decades later, a 1937 issue of Life featured him at age 69. It claimed that he wished to repeat the stunt once more, demonstrating he remained as courageous as ever. The circus arts have produced countless creative and innovative performers, like Blondin and Calverly, who we just heard about, to human cannonballs and hair-hanging wonders. But among the most unique acts were the Victorian-era ceiling walkers. That's right, people walking upside down on the ceiling, like a gecko. One of these ceiling walkers was known as Amy the Human Fly. She'd begin her act by sitting on the trapeze and facing the audience, as any trapeze artist might do. Then, she'd roll back and raise her legs up until they reached a 24-foot board suspended from the ceiling. Armed with pneumatic attachments on the soles of her shoes, she'd attach her feet to the board and leave the minimal safety of the trapeze. With her head and hair hanging downward, She'd take steady suction cupped steps backward and walk the length of the board, then turn and head back. Amy was daring, but she wasn't crazy. The human fly protected herself with a safety net below, which was reportedly needed on frequent occasions. At least one other ceiling walker wasn't as cautious, as a newspaper reported in 1883, after a performer's strap broke and sent him falling 22 feet to his death in Indianapolis. Ricky Jay wrote of several senior walkers in his wondrous book, Jay's Journal of Anomalies. One of them, Richard Sands, was dubbed the Air Walker at Drury Lane. His boots suctioned him to the ceiling, and he always used the net. Well, almost always. Jay quotes an article from 1861 in which another performer described Sands' demise. Quote, After walking on the marble slab in the circus, somebody bet him he couldn't do it on any ceiling, and he, for a wager, went to a town hall and done it. And broke his neck. A section of the ceiling's plaster had broken off during his attempt. Shortly after, in November of 1862, Frank Buckland wrote about his observations of a performer called Omar. Unlike Amy and Sands, Omar didn't have suction-equipped shoes. He placed his feet inside rings hanging from a frame on a ceiling, 90 feet above the ground. Quote, These performances are most fraught with danger imminent literally at every step, to go through them must require pluck more than human beings generally possess. Nerves and limbs of iron, quickness of motion and thought, combined with steadiness and agility, Buckland noted. Omar claimed to have spent 11 years learning the stunt, and said the most difficult part was to, quote, keep the blood out of his head while dangling upside down. He knew of no other performer who could, or wanted to, replicate his feet. Thanks for listening. Weird Historian is brought to you by me, Mark Hartzman. The theme song was created by Steffi Copeland. This episode was edited and mixed by Igniter Media. For more strange stories and images of wirewalkers and ceiling walkers, check out my site, weirdhistorian.com, and follow at Weird Historian on Instagram. In the meantime, have a weird day.